It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked on Auburn. Zach and Michael here with you. Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 1067 will join us in just a moment. We're having fun here on a Thursday morning. Hope you guys are as well. Beautiful day if you are in the Auburn or Opelika area. Absolutely stunning weather today. Yeah, I hope I don't have to go outside, but it's nice to look at. (laughs) Sure. Right. Uh, So some exciting things happening um, in regards to um, to Auburn. They will be taking on Memphis in basketball. How about that? I'm pumped. That's great. Because Auburn has been going head-to-head in recruiting That's true. Uh, with Memphis quite a bit lately. I think that that'll be a great opportunity for Bruce Pearl to, to get out uh, and show that he's a better coach than Penny and that he can um, beat Penny in basketball one-on-one and yeah. always has been able to. Uh, and that kids should come to Auburn instead of going to Memphis. I think you're right. So uh, just kind of looking at the press release here, the Auburn men's basketball team added a challenging non-conference opponent to his 2020 through 21 schedule. As the program is set to take on Memphis in the 2020 installment of the holiday hoops giving, fun name. But yeah, so the, that will take place December 12th in Atlanta at State Farm Arena as part of a quadruple header that also features Dayton versus Mich- um, sorry Dayton versus Mississippi State, Alabama versus Clemson, and LSU versus South Florida, and then of course Auburn taking on Memphis. So I'm excited about that. I think uh, yeah, I mean Auburn has been going up against them and recruiting hard mm-hmm. for some of these top tier guys, and so yeah, I, th- I think if you can say hey, let's just settle on the court, neutral site, mano a mano. Let's see who takes care of business, baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what? Maybe instead of doing um, the teams playing, they should just get the assistant coach's oldest daughters to go out there and play. I'll take – okay, yeah. My money's on Maddie. Yeah, I'll take Maddie Pruitt. Absolutely. Uh, all joking aside, though, um, I do think this is a great thing. And they're playing in Atlanta, right? That's what you said? Yep. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Auburn fans to go, you know, Auburn fans in Atlanta to go get to see uh, the Auburn basketball team play. Right. Um, It's right in a time, I believe, students will be home and a lot of them, you know, live in Atlanta. And so hopefully Auburn will be able to get a pretty decent, you know, pseudo student section out there. And um, I think it's going to be a really fun opportunity for the people the students and uh, the players. Before we bring in Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 106.7, I want to make sure everybody knows that today's edition of Locked on Auburn brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing combination of low-calorie, high-protein, low-sugar. I mean, there's no crazy additives. You actually read the label, and it's like actual ingredients. You love that. So if you compare this to the most popular men's bar, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar, 
and more protein. So, I mean, the big question is, like, how can it be this much better for you and taste so good? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Magic? I have no idea. But it's delicious. One of the things that always worries me when I see that something is, like, 100 calories Mm -hmm. is that it's not going to fill me up. Right. Or it's not, like, I'll eat it and, like, 20 minutes later I'll be starving again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't happen to me with Built Bar. I mean, I I can eat one of those halfway through my afternoon when I'm getting hit with those uh, early afternoon, please God, let me go home from works. The day's starting to hit you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that three o'clock feeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can eat one of those and it'll it'll hold me over easily until dinner. Absolutely. Uh, give me the energy to finish my day. Yeah, so head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box. Once again, BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 106.7 hanging out with us for a few minutes. How's it going, boss? Pretty good. How are y'all? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we need your help with something, and it sounds like it's good timing when we asked you this. Did not know this was happening because you got something up at The Athletic talking about a similar topic. But Michael and I have been talking about the the different roles for Auburn's wide receivers and kind of the terminology and who is what and what are they responsible for doing. You've, you've broken this down for me before on this show, but I feel like it's time for a refresher if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing here is I wonder how much of this might change with Chad Morris and kind of installing that system. But since they have both the same kind of backgrounds, I'm sure there will be a lot of carryover. All right, so let's start with like the, the main guy. So, what, oh, really you have another question? Okay. I just want to say we're probably going to focus on four main teams, uh, 2010, 2013, 2017 and then now 2019 2020 okay um so just a heads up there if we start if well i especially start throwing names at you and you're like why are you asking me that that's why mm-hmm. all right all right so let's start with the big guy you're currently seth williams is that mm-hmm. the same role that darius slayton had and then like I guess Darwin in 2010. I mean, are all kind of all right. So break down that spot for us. Yeah, that 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 is most likely for the most part. You you'll see them at split in. Um, It's called several different things. All these are called several different things in Auburn's offense. But uh, under Gus Malzahn, Malzahn loves to do. Uh, to if you read his book, his his big thing is to name to to number the positions and uh, the split end um, is also the nine uh, in 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 very common. football terminology it's what you hear as the x receiver okay um in a standard auburn formation uh there's usually three wide receivers and either some sort of h back or tight end on the field this is the receiver that's all usually by himself to the far side of the field that is in 2010 it was darvin adams in 2013 it was sammy Coates. uh it was darius slayton uh before it was seth williams um so that's that's kind of the guy that you want to go um He's kind of your number one. He's your go-to guy. He's the guy that you want to get in one-on-one coverage. He's the guy you feel like can do the most in terms of uh, his versatility. He can beat you deep. He can he can run the um, you know post. A post is very very popular from the X position in Malzahn's offense, especially those play-action shots they take. Um, 
recently we've seen more back shoulder balls and stuff like that going to the X. This is your all-around number one guy. This is your your Seth Williams, your Darius Slayton. When it was Slayton, it was more used of a speed position because that's what Slayton's game was. But now what we've seen in the uh, recently with Seth Williams is that since he has such a strong all-around game, they're using it to be kind of like, we'll get you there on an island and we'll try to attack the defense that way um, because if we isolate you, we feel like you can win one-on-one matchups. Okay, so the fact that these different guys sort of do different things, like mm-hmm. like you said, Darius Slayton was more of a speed guy, and to me it certainly seems like Darius Slayton and Sammy Coates were used more as, as deep threats while yep. – um, Darvin Adams and, and Seth Williams are used more on those kind of intermediate routes. Possession guys. Is just more of a like play style thing. It's not because I, I don't know. To me, it looks like they're playing a different position. Like yeah, but they're, yeah, yeah. It, it's adapting to your skill set. It's the fact that those guys were better at certain things than maybe Darius Slayton and, and Sammy Coates were. And so yeah, you you use them a little bit more. You don't use Seth Williams as much as a deep guy. Because you have faster dudes on your team, a deep guy. Not to not to jump ahead too much um, here. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your, your guys' thunder. But one of the best examples of this is the other side of the field, the two, the flanker, the uh, the Z, you would call them. Um, depending on like this is where you've seen the most versatility of the position. Like these past few years, especially when Auburn. Like, do you guys remember last year when um, I think it was the Arkansas game when Auburn finally started playing? Uh, Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams on the field at the same time. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And and until then, they had both been kind of playing the X uh, for the most part uh, because, like, you know, Michael, you were saying the speed guys, the deep threats you want to put at the X. Well, Malzahn had been using Schwartz there um, to run those deep balls while, you know, Seth took more of the intermediate and shorter stuff that the X usually got. But you can put Schwartz at the Z, and that's where he started playing the two he started playing a good bit of that towards the end of the season last year. If he doesn't get hurt, he's probably playing there a lot, especially in the Iron Bowl. Um, this is where you've seen a lot of versatility from Auburn over the years. Uh, this is where Terrell Zachary played in 20, uh, 2010. Uh, this is Ricardo This is Ricardo Lewis's role, basically, in 2013. Uh, we saw – sometimes you saw Ryan Davis here. This is where uh, a little bit later we'll kind of get into versatility a little bit. Ryan Davis played here quite a bit. Eli Stove is also one who's played who's played there a decent amount, um, and then I think you know the last couple of, the last couple of years and what you're looking at 2019 2020 probably Schwartz but also Eli Stove plays there a good bit and it's your smaller shiftier guys when you think of the screen pass and Gus's offense this is where the, those guys usually uh, line up these are also the guys who run a lot of speed sweeps um, like Ricardo Lewis like Schwartz has done like Stove did earlier in his career. So that's kind of what you're going to get out of those, those guys. Um, right, so, so they are the what smaller, about, shiftier outside guys. So what about when they put a running back out there, like an Ontario McCaleb, or like I think you saw it more with McCaleb than Corey Grant. But I mean, is that right. is that essentially they're just putting them at flanker? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they'll put they'll put them out there and just say, you know, in in a, in a certain set, in a certain formation, we'll substitute a receiver for a running back. Sometimes it's the slot guy, but a lot of times you could also see it being the flanker if you put them out real wide and motion them in. Um, there are some plays last year that I remember seeing that Sean Shivers would do this a lot. They would start, he would start the formation out, out wide miles on, you know, or Nick's before the snap would motion him in. And then the rest of the receivers on the field are usually their bigger guys. Usually they'd run that set with 
you know, Seth Williams and, um, you know, maybe a guy like Shedrick Jackson was on the field. This is a, a formation you would see uh, Sal Canella in a lot. Um, so it, it's it's very versatile in times of like who can you put um, in, in a certain, you know, in a certain formation, in a certain situation. Um, Malzahn likes to get creative with the substitutes a lot, but the, the, the foundation of the offense is still the same. The nine is your, your outside receiver. The X is usually off by himself, uh, in a three wide set. And then the two Z flanker, whatever you want to call it, is usually the one that lines up near the slot receiver in the formation. Okay. And then they also will run speed sweeps and things from that, from the slot. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. And so the slot receiver is, uh, I guess, is it typically like, okay, new, I'm sorry, rephrasing the question. There's big mm-hmm. slot and little slot. Yep. Why yeah. are they called big slot and little slot? Because I thought it was a size thing. And then I asked Zach if Shedrick Jackson was tall enough to be the big slot, like a big enough guy. And Zach was like, that's not why they call it big slot. Yeah, so here's the interesting thing about a Malzahn offense. Back in the day when they first started out, they ran a lot of two wide receiver sets, and your X and your Z were on the field. And then, you know, you see this sometime when Auburn goes when Auburn goes to kind of more of a pro uh, a pro style um, personnel package. So the slot receivers go into two two categories. You either got a big one or a little one. The big one uh, is often referred to as the Y or the five. That's also the position number for a tight end. So if Auburn has a tight end on the field, usually your slot receiver is a little guy, a three. The problem with the three is that you've also heard H-back be referred to as the three-back. So what we see a lot of times with Auburn is that sometimes they will put their tight end, quote-unquote, they will line him up out wide as a big slot receiver. Sometimes they use it with versatility. Sometimes they have guys who can play both roles. You saw it a little bit. With uh, Spencer Knight, you saw it a little bit, um, you know, with some other guys Auburn's played in the past. Canella started his career doing this uh, at Auburn. CJ Uzama is probably the best example of this. This is a guy who could split all the way out wide on certain uh, on certain plays um, because he was a tight end with that kind of versatility. More often than not, though, in Auburn's system, that is usually a big receiver. This is where Seth Williams started his career at Auburn. This is where you saw Canella do a lot of stuff. I failed to mention J.J. Wilson was a guy who they moved around a lot. He played that position some as well. Um, we're, we'll we'll see who who that steps up and becomes this year. I think they've got a number of really interesting um, potential candidates there. But that is kind of what – it's either your tight end or a big receiver who kind of uh, detaches, you, you should say, from, from, the, uh, from the line and kind of plays a kind of a big slot receiver role. The other slot is the three. And why they call it the three is that – in Auburn's offense, the three is usually the H-back, the three-back. You've probably heard people refer to it as that in the past. Chandler Cox, you know, Spencer Nye, all, all those guys, the three-back. Now, when Auburn goes four wide, there's not an H-back on the field. And so the three, in that sense, splits out wide and becomes another wide receiver. So sometimes your five is a wide receiver. Sometimes your five is a tight end. Sometimes it's a big receiver. Sometimes your three can be as anything from an H back to a to a small slot receiver. Early on in Malzahn's career, there was like a, I remember there was a there was a conversation one time uh, where there was like some real confusion about like, hey, what position are you playing? And I believe it was Eli Stove once who said he was playing some of the three, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like you're not, you're clearly not a three. Well, you had to kind of learn that. 
that's what they call the, 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 the smaller slot receiver when he's in a formation like a four-wide set that substitutes for a three-back. So uh, your slot receivers, that's kind of the difference in them, but they can, they can be mix, mixed and matched very, very much. So basically on offense, Auburn's got like 15 starters. But they come <laughs> yeah. in in different person like it's it's all about substitutions and and just mm-hmm. saying like I don't know just trying to use names or whatever for positions is just not not that it's not that simple. And, and one of the things that really throws it off is, is if you look at Malzahn's offense, and I don't want to um I don't want to blow up his spot too much, but I think it's pretty common knowledge at this point. There is a uh, there is a a PDF floating on the internet. Uh, of his install of his offense when he was at Tulsa. So you can kind of look through it and kind of see that's where I've learned a lot of his, his offense, that in his book. And you can kind of look and see like, here's how he teaches certain formations in certain positions, um, certain formations, the two lines up on the outside uh, and certain formations, the lines up on the inside. And there's sometimes it's versatile. Like there'll be some sets you'll see where like, Seth Williams will line up on the inside. Well, he's no longer not. It doesn't mean he's not the nine. It's just in that formation, the nine is is lined up there. You see, the nine and the five are very versatile, and the two and the three are very versatile. So they can line up in certain spots depending on the formation. More often than not, the nine and the two are the outside, and the three and the five are on the inside. But there are some special formations at Auburn where the nine and the five switch a little bit, and then the two and the three. And that's usually just to just draw certain matchups or do certain things on the field. Where you want to like, if you're wanting to attack the field a little bit better, uh, the middle of the field a little bit better, you might put your nine or your two uh, closer to closer to the line of scrimmage. It just depends on the formation. And that's also kind of what makes Malzahn's offense kind of unpredictable because that's where he does. He 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 learns he learns so much about the art of deception and and, and also like you don't want to telegraph your stuff. Um, and you see that a lot in the way he lines up and uses motion. We'll continue our conversation with Justin Ferguson next right here on Locked On Auburn. We're taking a look back at the best year in Auburn football history. This is for all the Tostitos. Listen to our upcoming series, remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. All this team does is win. Relive Cam Newton's Heisman run. That was extraordinary. That kind of run makes you want to strike a post. That was a Heisman run if I've ever seen one. Auburn's opportunistic defense. That's a safety! Intercepted. He'll run it in! Ball comes loose. Touchdown, Auburn! There's Bynes again! Intercepted! Intercepted in the end zone! And that's your ball game! All the way from Jordan-Hare Stadium. Glendale, Arizona. Here come the Tigers. Hear the story told by Jason Caldwell, voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, Mike Svetitz, and more. The series will drop mid to late May on Locked On Auburn. It's going to be on, it's going to be on, it's going to be on, and it's going to be insane. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, has there been a moment, uh, and I I guess the more recent, the, the better for this question, but has there been a moment where you've been covering the game 
and you see a personnel grouping come in, you see guys standing in a certain place, and you knowing kind of the ins and outs of this offense better than uh, better than I think anyone in the media does. Do you look at it and you're you're like freaking out, like wait, we haven't seen this before, and like yeah. uh, most people are just kind of like, okay, you know, so and so's in. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a few times that that stand out to me that were. I think when when okay when we don't we haven't seen anything like that before um, kind of stood out. I mentioned that Arkansas game earlier. I felt like I was in the press box in Arkansas when Schwartz and and Williams got on the field for the first time together. It felt like and I was like, oh wow, they finally did it. Like it, this is something that like people had been asking Malzahn about for forever. And it's like, all right, let's see how they line up Schwartz. Let's see how they do a lot of things. Um, I will say, though, that there are sometimes when like there will be certain formations on the field that I can be like, oh, oh, I know what kind of play they're about to run or I know what kind of sets they're probably going to try to run out of this. And probably the best example of it. Um, and uh, this is one of the few times I've ever uh, I've ever been able to, to say that I can do this. Um, I called the play that Sal Canella caught for a touchdown. Uh, I believe that would have been the Iron Bowl. Um he caught one in the Iron Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he got yeah. The, that that because it was the same play they had ran against Washington two years earlier. It was a big set with a tight end and an H back, and they put Sal out wide and they put um, they put Seth out wide, and it's a it's the little comeback ball that they yeah it's about a about a fifteen yard you know back shoulder ball to the corner of the end zone, and it's that same formation and it just kind of clicked and I was like oh if they put Sal out wide this is usually where they try to isolate those guys on the outside and hit and hit a play like that. And it's just a special formation. So you start ca- catching up on some things like that. You start picking up on, um, okay, if this guy's lined up here, this is where you're, you're going to see. And then sometimes Michael asked earlier about, you know, putting a running back out there last year, that was kind of the big adjustment for you because they had so many running backs on that team that they started trying to put Shivers, uh, Harold Joyner did it some where they would just line him up at wide receiver and like throw him in motion um, I know he's a big. I know you guys here are a big fan of him, but uh, Spencer Nye was like that for me as well. Because like you would see Spencer Nye lined up, there would be some times where he would be outside in a double stack. I'm like, what are they, what are they doing here? Uh, there was one time where he ran a. They lined up Spencer Nye out wide in like a double stack formation uh, with one guy in front, one behind, and usually it's like, okay, you're going to throw a screen pass out there and then let him go. Well, then this this one play they ran. Nye was lined up as the backside receiver and I remember in the press box and I was like surely they're not about to run a a pass play for him in this set what they did is they ran a fake screen and a double move off of it for the other receiver who was out there so it was just little creative things like that you start to pick up on more and more uh, when you watch it and that's the thing is like I encourage anybody who you know really wants to get into the weeds about Auburn football and and dig into it um you know read all read all that kind of stuff because it, it really opens it up once you start watching uh, games on TV, you can really start. Um, it, I think it really enhances kind of your understanding, and may, maybe if you're a fan, the the enjoyment of what you get uh, from Auburn's offense. You know when it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you've looked at this. I may be throwing something at you that you haven't prepared for for this, but as yep. far as like, I assume you've looked at Chad Morris's offense from last year, the last two years mm-hmm. of his time at Arkansas. I mean, what do you? What do you see that's different that could possibly make its way into Auburn's uh, Auburn's offense regarding the wide receiver position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot of it is kind of the same at the core, especially in terms of in terms of the running game. But you do see the difference in the in the passing attack. And one of the things that we see more of 
from Chad Morrison. I think it's the big one. It's the one that everyone's talking about. It's the one that uh, Gus has referenced a bunch of times is that he uses the tight end a lot. When he wants to go three wide receiver with with an extra man, I haven't figured out a better way to rephrase it. I just call it the extra man, either the H back or the tight end. He uses the tight end a whole lot more than the H back. Okay. That really fits in. With, that really fits in with what Auburn's going to do on on with their offensive personnel. Uh, there's no more Chandler Cox. There's no more Spencer Nye. Uh, there's no more you know guys like that where that's a true traditional H back. And Auburn ran so much H back the last few years because they had good guys who could play that position and not as much at tight end. They have recruited so many tight ends recently. That's John Samuel Shanker's natural position. That's, of course, Fromm and Deal's natural position. They've got J.J. Pegues and, uh, and Brandon Frazier now there. I think you're going to see a lot more tight end usage because I think this is a perfect culmination of offensive coordinator and this is where the roster is being built. This is the, tr- the trends that they, we've seen there. The other thing I've seen a lot more of um, is – you know, Chad Morris does not use the screen nearly as much as Gus Malzahn. One of the knocks on Malzahn's offense from the passing game perspective, especially when you talk to people at the next level, is like, well, for Auburn, a lot of times in the passing offense, it can feel like they're either running a, a deep shot or a screen pass. There's more intermediate balls, but also when when Chad Morris wants to work the quick game, it's not necessarily screen passes. He does a lot of slants. He does a lot of drag routes. He does a lot of uh, some of that air raid background running mesh and stuff like that, trying to get speedier guys catching the ball at speed, uh, running full speed. And I look at that and I see that could be huge for Anthony Schwartz. Instead of him catching the ball from a standstill and a screen or maybe looping a little bit on like a, on like a tunnel screen or something like that, I think you'll see him a lot more on drag routes and slants and stuff like that. This is where I think you're going to see the biggest change. Maybe not as many screen passes, although there will be used some. You you will expect them to be there. I think you'll just see a lot more of the quick game, and I think that fits Bo, Bo Nix's game a lot as well. I think I think Bo Nix is at his best when he can take the snap, make the quick read, and get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, and uh, I, I think Morris's background and the way he wants to use the route trees and the combinations in the same kind of framework of the offense fits these receivers and especially Bo Nix better. Uh, Justin, my last question for you. Okay. All you said, all the positions have numbers. What is uh, what's number one? What's number eleven? Uh, okay, so number one is the quarterback. I don't think uh, eleven is one of the linemen, and I can't remember which one it is. But usually, he wants to refer to the skill position players all as one. Um, the running back is the traditional running back is the four, and the quarterback is the one. And I'm pretty sure like seven, eight, 10, 11, and six are all offensive linemen, but I can't remember what which about, ones which. I think they about, might be straight up like it, it bounces around. I've never understood the I've never understood why he why the numbers were the way they were. And then two is the flanker. Got it. Right. Exactly. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Interesting. Yeah. And did he get that from somebody? Do you know, or is that all him? That's partly him, and that's partly some of his background. Um, if you know Gus Malzahn's career, uh, he didn't have really a coach to teach him much. He was a head coach by the second year he was in uh, as a high school coach. Right. And one of the things he did was he bought a book uh, that was written by uh, Tubby Raymond, who used to be the um, used to be the coach for forever at Delaware. Uh, he was there for like thirty years about the wing T and some of that numbering kind of, kind of bled over to 
uh, what Gus did early on in his career. Gus, if you watch like if you could watch Gus's like early, early, early offenses, they just ran a traditional wing tee, like yeah. straight out of 1950. And then the more he got into it, the more he more he started learning from more people. The more they started implementing the shotgun and stuff like that. So I think the numbering system kind of came from that, where he was trying to con- keep up the same kind of that kind of numbering, that kind of format, but wanted to bring it into more of a modern uh, offense. And that's where the that's where that uh, kind of necessitated from. Sure, sure, yeah. And I know like the numbering's a little weird, like when you talk about where defensive linemen line up. So I, I don't know. This is kind of. Yeah, that's kinda, a, I've always quirky. had a, I've always had a harder time remembering that more than like when that's the the one thing I feel like I fraud most of the time when when talking to coaches or talking to people who like like draft people. Yeah, when they're like we're like oh this guy can play three techniques five technique and I'm having to sit there in my head like like thinking like okay what does that look like what yeah does that look like? it goes like four then four I and then yeah. you know five then it jumps to seven if you go outside the tight end yeah it's all kinds of. Weird and then, stuff. And it, it, the Seahawks ran the wide nines for forever, and you're like, right. okay, I'm trying to figure this one out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy because you know, covering this team for so long, I'm just used to thinking, okay, are you a defensive end or are you a buck? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, and that's pretty yeah. much the difference there. Well, man, uh, folks, if you're listening, I mean, you can get all kinds of breakdowns uh, that Justin does at the Athletic. Justin, tell folks what they can uh, look forward to uh, with all of your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, read my stuff at theathletic.com. We're doing a 90-day free trial if you haven't signed up for us in the past. So check that out uh, right now, and you get access to everything we have on the site, not just our college football stuff, not just our Auburn stuff. And, uh, yeah, the story I wrote, honestly, today on Thursday um, kind of ties into this. Uh, and just to sell it to you real quick, um, a lot of people have a lot of com- – Gus and, and the coaches and the players have a lot of confidence in Auburn's offense in 2020 because Bo Nix is coming back. And, of course, you want to return a starting quarterback. That's a huge thing. But statistically, if you look at Gus Malzahn's history at Auburn, it's more important to return experience at wide receiver than necessarily quarterback. And I kind of break down why that is and why that could be a good sign for Auburn in 2020. I'm sold. I'm headed there right now. As you right. As you should as well if you're listening. So, Justin, thank you so much, brother. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. This is a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. All right. We will wrap up the week tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.